This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Have your Bible, Sandy, and we're going to be looking at different texts this morning. Our nation was founded by those who knew God, and if I could express it this way, they were on a pursuit, the pursuit of religious freedom. By the way, even Columbus, even though history, as they're writing it today, says differently, the truth is, even Columbus was a God-fearing man, and when he got to these shores, he declared as much. But I'm thinking back to the pilgrims, the Mayflower Compact, which made this clear, and I'm quoting now, in the name of God, amen, and whose names are underwritten, and of course then they signed it, those that were on the Mayflower, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord King James, by the grace of God, having undertaken for the glory of God, And the advancement of the Christian faith. I think they're trying to make a point. They were pursuing religious freedom and God. The ability to worship Him according to conscience and the Word of God. Now when these liberties from the Creator were later threatened by a tyrant king, and Pastor Brown referenced that earlier, The colonies revolted, a war was fought, and a declaration of independence written which said, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men were created equal, and that they were endowed by their Creator. By the way, capital C. They were referencing God. Endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the, and what's the next word? Pursuit. There's that word. The pursuit of happiness. Now let me just pause for a moment. Strict interpreters of our founding documents will point out in the language that pursuit of happiness refers back to the Creator who made it self-evident through conscience and the scriptures, that all men are created equal with rights from God, and it is through lives governed by God that real happiness is attained. If freedom and things could make a people happy, America would be a happy place. We're not a happy place. Unless you know God and you've got a thankful heart. Our personal freedoms and the pursuit of the freedoms and happiness of others has continued. As we look back over our history, by military members who more than self their country loved and mercy more than life. Thank God for veterans and those who have made the ultimate sacrifice, but pursuing freedom. As I've mentioned to you, I have an uncle who's buried in northern Illinois. He was pursuing freedom in a jungle in Vietnam when he was cut down. 
trying to help a people be free, be able to have what we enjoy here. Most Americans have no clue that what we enjoy in this land is the result of men and women, I'll just say it, pursuing God. They also don't understand that what we are losing in this land is because we have stopped pursuing and seeking God. And so this brings us to the title of today's message, Pursuing God. There's two, two meanings to that. Do you realize that our God is a pursuing God? He's pursuing you. He pursues me. But then he expects us to be pursuing God, to pursue him for his glory and our own true happiness. He does want that. But it requires pursuing God. And so first consider that God pursues us. If you want to take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 3, take a quick look at verses 8 and 9 please. Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Adam and Eve disobeyed God, ate of the forbidden fruit. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. What was God doing there? He was pursuing. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Note, we're going to talk about this later, this was their natural tendency now in sin. It's our natural tendency to hide from God, not to pursue Him. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Question, was God, had God lost them? Was he really asking that question? He knew exactly where they were. What is he doing? He's pursuing He's asking questions to try to open their heart. I know where you're at, and I know why you're where you're at. And he, Adam, said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. That word naked really emphasizes the matter of shame. Sin brings shame. But God was pursuing Adam and Eve. In Genesis 6, the world in Noah's day had forsaken God. But you know that the story of Noah and the flood is really a story of God pursuing the race so that he could provide salvation for them. He had Noah build the ark and then preach 120 years so anyone who would believe Noah's message, the message from God, could come aboard and be rescued. In Genesis chapter 11, God pursued Abram in Ur of the Chaldees. History tells us, by the way, Abram, his family, they obeyed, they left. You know what happened 80 years after Abram left? Ur was destroyed by an enemy. Now, history tells us that, but the reality is God was pursuing Abram so that through Abraham all nations of the earth could be blessed through one who would become Messiah. God continued to pursue Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, David. 
through his preservation of the nation of Israel, until the fullness of time was come and God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, that he might redeem those who are under the law. What was God doing? He was pursuing. God pursues us with a longing heart. Psalm 53 verse 2 says, God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand. He was looking for someone to be pursuing him that did seek God. John 1.11 says he came unto his own. Again, pursuing in his own received him not. But as many as receive him, if you'll pursue him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that are religious and work, no, even to them that believe on his name. John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Do you see God pursuing man? Jesus used the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin, Luke 15, to show God searches for us individually. It's easy to believe that, well, God's doing things for others and he's seeking them, but I don't know that he's seeking me. No, he is pursuing you. Say, well, I feel like a lost sheep. He's pursuing you. And by the way, he knows each of us intimately. Matthew 10, 29 to 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? You know what that is? That's half a Roman penny. We were just visiting over in those parts, Greece and Turkey, some of those ancient cities. We saw some of those Roman pennies. I don't know how they kept from not losing their pennies. Those things are smaller than a button, some of them. The Lord says two sparrows, they'd catch them in a bird net, and they would sell those, half of one of those little pennies. And yet the Lord Jesus goes on to say, and one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father, and what he's saying there, father knowing it within his careful will. Then verse 30, but the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear ye not, therefore ye are more valuable than sparrows. He's pursuing you. He knows you individually and he knows you intimately. And then Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem and pursued the cross. He said, I must needs to pursue the cross so that he could die a bloody, awful death and have our sins paid for and have eternal salvation. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Through Christ we can know God who has been pursuing us all along. Now God had laid this message on my heart earlier in the week. I was just meditating and, I, and, and the struck thought is the Holy Spirit. The thought struck me. 
I'm pursuing you because I love you. And then yesterday morning, if you were at men's prayer breakfast, Ivan Torona gave his testimony. Here's a sailor, submariner. He's out at sea. He's interacting with his wife who's back here at home, and she's been led to the Lord by some ladies, including Shauna Zellman. You were part of that testimony. What was God doing? He was pursuing, pursuing Ivan and his family. Some ladies out going door to door, winning people to the Lord, uh, led Sister Tyrona to the Lord, and she starts interacting with her husband who's overseas, and he's thinking, what is going on at home? His background, understandably, gave him an aversion to religion. And, and now she is... Uh, she has this relationship with the Lord. She's talking about being at church. And oh, by the way, and she wants to tithe. And he's like, what? And he resisted. And then God kept pursuing. And he came to Christ. What a testimony. Now, I wish we could spend the rest of the morning just letting you stand and share your testimony, if you're a believer, about how God pursued you. Remember those details? They're unique. They're personal. God wanted to save you. He wanted a relationship, not with just the church, with you being part of His church, His body, His bride. He pursued you. By the way, if you're here this morning still in your sin, thinking you've got to be religious or do something to get to heaven, you don't. Jesus is pursuing you and he's already paid the penalty for your sin. He died on the cross for you. And right now, I believe even through this message, he is pursuing you. He is tugging at your heart saying, I want you to be mine. Now, give me your heart. Believe on me. As we celebrate the Lord's table, we're thanking God for His gracious pursuit. God pursued us to gift us with salvation, and He gave us His only begotten Son. Think about that. He was pursuing you with a gift, and you're running. I don't want it. It's a gift. Come back. We'd be fools to not take the gift. Now, in light of the amazing truth that God pursues us, here's another truth that God would have us consider. We are to pursue God. By the way, just based on what we've already seen this morning, is God worthy of us pursuing Him? course. Jeremiah 29, 13. And ye shall seek me. This is God's expectation of us. You shall seek me. I want that. I expect that. And find me when ye shall search for me with all your hearts. You know what? God wants to be found by you. He's not hiding. He wants to be found. You need to seek him with all your heart. And by the way, he says, you draw nigh unto me, I'll draw nigh to you. 
I'm not running. I know what you are. I've seen all the ugly. Every bit of it. And my son paid for it. Come here. Come. So what do we learn as we think about the fact we're to pursue God? First, this is God's gracious expectation. What an opportunity we have to fellowship and sweet communion with the one who pursued us. Listen to Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And by the way, this is written to people who have already received Christ. I stand at the door and knock. Christ's pursuit of fellowship with us. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. He wants more fellowship. First Chronicles 16.11 Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face. What's the next word? Continually. You know what that tells me? There are other things that we pursue because we do have to get groceries and we do have to accomplish what's expected at work. And so there are other pursuits. But you know what trumps everything else? If we're to do it continually, we are to seek his face. By the way, it's doable. It's called walking in the Spirit. But as I walk, reiterated steps of dependence, the only way I can do that is to talk to the Lord. And what am I doing? I'm seeking His face. First Chronicles twenty two nineteen. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Amen. Psalm 105, verse 4. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face forevermore. So seeking the Lord means to pursue his favorable presence. Let me say that again. Seeking the Lord means to pursue his favorable presence. That's what God expects from us. What's that mean? It means to live in such a way that you please him always and bring favor to him when you come into his presence. There's a verse in the New Testament that says, Walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. And again, if you look at it in the original language, the Koine Greek, here's what it's saying. When you walk in a way that pleases the Lord, and we can by His strength. You know what God is saying? When you pursue me that way, here's His testimony of you, you please me. When I strive to walk in a way that pleases the Lord... It is pleasing to Him. I don't pick and choose what I want to obey and what I don't want to obey. If if that's the way you live, that's not pleasing to the Lord. He didn't give you a few commands and a bunch of suggestions. He gave you His word. He said, here's the way. Walk in it. But when we walk in it with a heart to please Him, it does please Him. Him and brings him glory and pleasure. So we can belong to God, please God. Do you know that you can be a beloved son in whom God is well pleased? If you're yielded to the Spirit of God, God shining through you can have that same testimony. 
even as our Lord had. Pursuing God is His gracious expectation. The Scripture also teaches pursuing God is a rewarding pursuit. It's a rewarding pursuit. Now, there are things that you can pursue here, and it will disappoint. When you discover what you thought you wanted, it's not always what you want. Okay? You ladies, one of your friends can call you and say, I found this great deal, and it is a good deal. And she tells you the store, and she tells you how much, and you jump in the car, and you pursue that. And as you're walking into the store, some other lady has the last one, and she's walking out of the store. What you pursue, you may not always find, but guess what? If you pursue God, unlimited blessing and eternal riches. I'm not saying wads of rolled up bills, that you dollar bills on the ground. I'm not saying that. But his blessing. How does God provide or uh, describe the rewards of pursuing him? Psalm 34.10, the young lions do lack. And suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any, and then in our King James Bible it says thing, but it's italicized. They that seek the Lord shall not want or lack any good. How many of you like that promise? There's got to be a pursuit before it, but it's worth the pursuit. Proverbs 28 and verse 5, evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. Wow. You want the the spiritual blinders removed? You want to be able to understand what is happening? Seek the Lord. And, And oh, by the way, if you want to have a better understanding even of that verse, go study the life of Daniel three times a day. He stopped everything and sought God in prayer. Did that man have any wisdom? He survived two empire changes and was a counselor to all those kings. Why? He had understanding. Where did he get it? He sought the Lord. Amos 5 and verse 6. Seek the Lord and ye shall live. What precious promises. Now, while pursuing the Lord is what God expects and what will satisfy our hearts and bring us blessing, eternal blessing, the kind of blessing that really matters. Realize, finally, pursuing the Lord is not your natural tendency. So while these things can be used to the Lord to encourage your heart this morning, the Holy Spirit bearing witness with the truth that you're hearing, Unless you pursue the Lord, you're not going to be able to do any of this. You won't pursue God. Your natural tendency is to pursue what this flesh wants. So this is is kind of where the rubber meets the road, okay? Let me plead with you this morning. If you're going to pursue God, the only way you're going to be able to do it is to pursue God. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, Let him deny himself. And even be willing to take up the crosses, the difficult things that I have called you to do, and you're going to have to 
What's the last part of that? I heard it. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and... Can we change that word? It means to say, pursue me. There it is. Pursue me. In other words, your flesh won't want it. Although Jeremiah 29.13 says, Ye shall seek the Lord, that expectation is, Do you know that four times Jeremiah rehearses for us the words of God, and God tells Israel, I pursue you. I sent prophets to tell you of my pursuit, but you wouldn't listen. Jeremiah 25.4, Jeremiah 26.5, Jeremiah 29.19, Jeremiah 32.33. God is pursuing you, but you won't listen. You won't pursue God. The tragic reality is unless we turn from our tendency, we won't pursue God, and therefore we won't know His best for us. Most people are interested in seeking God or are not interested in seeking God because of sinful hearts that are full of self. And so we get to that section in Romans where Paul is describing our sinfulness and why we need a Savior. And Romans 3.10 quotes from Isaiah, I'm sorry, from Psalm 53. Romans 10 or 3.10 quotes from Psalm 53. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understands. Then listen to the next part. There is none that seeketh after God. It's our natural tendency. Verse 12, they are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. Unprofitable to God, and you you know what else? Unprofitable to themselves. The Bible talks about those who oppose themselves. Bottom line, they won't seek God. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. So here's the simple but profound truth. Your flesh will want to pursue anything but God. You will need to pursue God and those things He wants you to pursue to know sweet fellowship, satisfaction, and the way you ought to go. Romans 14, 19, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. We pursue the things also that please God as we pursue God. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Follow after love, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. Philippians 3 and verse 12, Paul writes, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. He's pursuing God. That I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of God. We've got a number of pastors and preachers in this room this morning. Do you know 1 Timothy 6.11 says you need to be pursuing God. You missionaries that are sitting out here, you need to be pursuing God. 1 Timothy 6.11, But thou, O man of God, flee these things, but follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. I'm so thankful my God is a pursuing God. Are you thankful he's a pursuing God? What a God we serve. And he graciously expects and deserves that I live my life pursuing God. 
God pursued you. He pursued me to save us. And the good shepherd always has his eye on each of his sheep. So we need to pursue him if we're going to bring glory to him. The glory he deserves so that we can have true fulfillment and blessing. Here's a simple lesson some of you brothers and sisters in Christ need to learn. You need to become aware of the emptiness that you experience every time you pursue what you want at the expense of pursuing God. Would you just get honest about that? Well, this time it'll be different. And so God wants me to pursue him. He wants me to obey him. But, but this seems like it will satisfy more. It doesn't matter how it feels or what it seems. You need to obey God and pursue him. And I covet that for you. Pursue the Lord. Continually pursue the Lord. Father, thank you for your pursuit of us. Lord, would you help us to surrender all, to be willing to pursue you in all things. Lord, it's just sweetly making sure as each step we take, it's dependent on you, it's pleasing to you. And Lord, we're talking to you, we're pursuing your favorable presence. We complicate it by other thoughts, but Lord, these these thoughts are so simple. Lord, the way we pursue God is by pursuing God. Pursuing you and depending on you. And Lord, would you, Holy Spirit, help each Christian here, my brothers and sisters in Christ, would you help us to get hold of this today? Keep it ever before our eyes so that we can know sweet fellowship with you, bring glory to you, and see your blessing, Lord, as as you draw nigh to us and take care of your sheep. Now, Lord, I pray in this invitation time, if there's anyone here who has never pursued you for salvation, Lord, even your will for them, your pursuit of them, has them by divine appointment sitting here today or listening on the live stream so that they could hear the gospel, hear of your loving pursuit and come to you for salvation. Would you save souls here, we pray. And then if there's a Christian here, Lord, today who has given their energy to other pursuits at the expense of pursuing you. Would you help them to confess that for what it is? Lord, it's sin, and it's just foolish. And Lord, would you help them to come running back to Jesus to pursue you as you draw nigh to them? We ask these things now in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.